Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Have a very happy birthday. May the sun come shining through. Sing a happy song your whole life long. That's my wish for you. Have a day that's filled with laughter and your every dream come true. And I'll weave a spell to wish you well. Have a very happy birthday too. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joe. Happy birthday to you. Ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, ninety-one, ninety-two, ninety-three, ninety-four. Happy birthday, Joe. This episode of Dum Dee Dum is sponsored by Borsetshire Technical College Environmental Health Department. If you're interested in a career in catering, come and learn about dairy hygiene and cheese making and washing your hands. Carefully. This is Dum Dum, the show about the reality ducky drama that's centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. On the ginger biscuit, that is Royfield Brown. And with me at the soggy bottom, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of a Borsetshire Bake Off is you. Now, today's Dum Dum is a lovely message for Mr. Joe Grundy, who is 64. <laughs> is he? That's a Beatles song. 94, don't you know? So thank you for that, Miss Goddess Diva. Now, um, Lucy. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it... it was Miss Alliance. No. Oh, no. It's Goddess Diva, isn't it? Well, she's put it's Warblers Anonymous. You know what? You could well be right. It's I'm just sure that... it is because it sounds like her voice. She's got a beautiful voice. It was an amazing, it's, it's a very beautiful rendition, wasn't it? Well, okay, Warblers Alliance, whoever you are, Warblers Alliance. Did she actually say Warblers Alliance? Yeah. Oh, it's Miss Alliance, then, isn't it? No, mm. Warblers Anonymous. Okay. Warblers Anonymous, we thank you for your wonderful 
rendition of uh, your birthday song for Mr. Joe Grundy, who is 94. Now, Lucy. Yes. Um, can you remind our listeners how they're the accolade of Dum Dee Dumber of the week? Uh, or do you reckon they're just going to keep going off piece and just do whatever the hell they want I to do? I think they're probably going to do that, to be honest. They're an unruly mm. bunch, aren't they, really? Yes, if you'd like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or do whatever the hell you like, really. Or dunk your ginger nuts. Uh, ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices. To Cosmo for his podcast roundups. Uh, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. And for Millie Bell for her Facebooky stuff. And that is getting longer and longer and longer. And thanks also to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Derek has great sympathy with David mm. Cameron's predicament or propigament. Um, <laughs> he had to take part in an unfortunate initiation rite himself. So he understands this was for the Grundy Cider Club and it involved Bartleby. Uh, he did it, oh uh, but only because he said the, other, the only other option they gave him was Auntie Cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit harsh on Auntie Cardboard. But she's done nothing. She's part dis- horse anyway. It probably didn't make that much difference. Very true. But she's done nothing to dispel the notion that she's absolutely boring, though, has she, in the last no. week? Just underlined biscuits, it. Biscuits, biscuits. Like, mm. Flower, flower. Oh, shut up. And then they were just dreadful and hard, yeah. and everybody broke their teeth on them. I know. But anyway, um, why don't we uh, crack on with this script? And then I'll say something like, on this week's show, we have calls from Sean Geraghty, who thinks that Dusty Substances is indulging in a double entendre. Lady Garf-Garf, who thinks that Robbie's planning something with Borsitcher Blue. Mary Darby, who thinks Royfe, oh, that's me, did a cracking job. Uh, Witherspoon, who wants to talk about nocturnal what? Aneurysis. Yokel Bear, who's crossed with Jill. Paul Room, who's crossed with Lucy. God, everyone's crossed with everyone. I know. Goddess Diva, who's crossed with Bert. <laughs> Candida, laughing to myself now. Candida Beeching, who's got some small geraniums. Jacqueline Berto, who's all pipped out. And Jennifer in Exile, who's wearing a suffragette sash. Whew, lots of calls to get through. But first, before we get to those bits, let's hear about Lucy V. Freeman's week in Ambridge. Hootie Jill now doesn't leave the house unless she's put a beef casserole, four Victoria sponges and apple pie in the oven. So the archers have two family members both looking for somewhere to stay and their part-time farm worker is living in the house. Why didn't Bert move into Auntie Cardboard's house? It is like musical chairs when there are actually enough chairs but the people playing are too thick to count. Mm. For some reason... In Ambridge, people are a bit alarmed at the prospect of the village hall being newly referred to as the Justin Elliott Temple of Mammon. Poor Neil is distraught (laughs) at people being horrible. You'd think years of marriage to the Queen of the Tabards would have immured him to that, but apparently not. Oliver and Caroline are off to Tuscany to fling up their heels among the dusty sage, stare wistfully at olive groves and eat full English fried breakfasts with double beans and PG tips at Albert's South End Calf, Umbria. A calf was born eventually at Brooker's, after a lot of straining from the cow and snappishness from Pip, who had asked Ed's muscles for help. It emerged arse first, as I would too if the first thing I had to look at when I came out was bloody Pip. It was the WI's... (laughs) It was the WI's anniversary. Clary threw herself into the preparations and Susan made beef a la mod. That's beef with a blob of cream on it, I think. That Mm -hmm. sounds nice. Everybody wore sashes... Helen came, but for her it was a bit of a busman's holiday as her domestic arrangements are entirely set in 1910. 
The WI evening was awash with ladies in tight blouses having hot flushes in their corsets. Lillian gleefully mm-hmm. heckled all the way through the WI meeting and was a heartbeat away from... Lillian gleefully heckled all the way through the WI meeting and was a heartbeat away from shouting, you're shit and you know you are, as Jill hooted laboriously <laughs> through her speech. Hester from Bristol... No, you know Hester. Hester Hester with the husband yes. of the funny knee called Clive, recently mm. widowed. You know that Hester. Uh-huh. Hester, Hester. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She is about to visit Carol Toboggan, which set Inspector Jenny Darling Clouseau's dear stalker a quiver. And she set off to interrogate her about the mysterious case of the man who died in entirely normal circumstances, i.e. the death of John Toboggan. She said to Carol, would you and Hester like to come to tea? And Carol said, no, thanks, I'd rather die. And Jenny said, why not? If someone's just turned you down like a bedspread, you don't say, why not? You say, oh, yeah, of course, yes, no, sorry, and shuffle off. So Hester from Bristol or Brester from Histel or whoever may or may not come. Basically, they've introduced a character we've never heard of and don't need and are now trying to make a drama out of her not coming. I think they've handed over the script writing to Samuel Beckett. (laughs) <laughs> Ginger biscuits, Auntie Cardboard's nemesis, her Moby Dick. Actually, Jazza got Moby Dick, but there's a cream you can get now. She made ginger biscuits <laughs> endlessly for a fortnight while Peggy sniggered and threw them all in the bin. And as predicted by absolutely everybody in the world, Rob is trying to adopt Helen's inheritance. Sorry, Henry. Rob wants to be the new daddy to that lovely money. Boy, sorry, little boy. He did happily get outvoted on the farm shop though why he felt he was able to chip in anyway was anyone's guess and then he demanded that helen taught him how to make cheese it was like ghost with off milk hazel the slithine went nice for a bit don't believe a word of it peggy's response was to go to her solicitor peggy goes to the solicitor like other people go to the loo her solicitors are messes shattered and furious of borsetshire she commandeered jenny (laughs) darling to take her and said now do you know where you're going and Jenny Darling pointed out crossly that she had taken Peggy to the solicitors once or twice before, every Wednesday and Thursday and twice on Mondays. Mm. David unwisely asked Bert to paint me mother's room. They're using farrow and ball colours. They're going for sterident yellow with a feature wall in tripe. <laughs> Jill is chuntering on about not wanting to leave Brookers again. Do you know what, Jill? Just shut up. You could be the Grundies. Anyway. As bits of Heather Pet are breaking and dropping off like a fourth-year pottery project, she'll only be in Brooker's half an hour before she'll be off to the big prudder in the sky. So, Jill, you'll be banging on the door of Brookfield with your writing desk tucked under your arm before you know where you are. The end. She goes to the laurels first. Oh, the laurels yeah. is the waiting room for <laughs> the big prudder in the room. sky. <laughs> well done, Lucy. Thank you very much. Well done. Well done. Enjoyed it this week. Mmm. <laughs> Um, normally, at this point, we'd have a little bit of a chat, wouldn't we? We would. Are we not going to? Well, I've got a sneaky feeling that we might get caught up in a whole load of kind of reacting to listeners kind of calls chat. Okay. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think we might. Well, if you don't, we, we could have a chat now. Yeah. No, it's all right. Let's go on with the calls, I should. All right, then. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first? Sean Geraghty. Ooh, all right. Hi, it's Sean here from Coventry. First time caller in era. There's been some great episodes recently with Lucy's emotional episode and the recent guests who lift the show to a new dimension. Now, Lucy's normally the queen of the double entendres during her monologue, but she was outshone this week by caller in era Dusty Substances, who, when she was talking about the Fair Brethren's geese, said that Rex is hoping that Elizabeth will take a handful. 
Well, with her reputation, that's probably a very safe bet. On characters we miss who've disappeared, the lack of a BL storyline means that we've lost Annabelle Shrivener, who had grown into a fully rounded and distinctive character. I miss her the most. Sean thinks Dusty is, is, is indulging in double entendre as if a nice lady... Uh, yes, as if dusty substances would indulge in such naughtiness. No, that's um, your job. Yes, quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to know where Annabelle Shrivener is. She was just getting good, Annabelle Shriveler, wasn't she? Mm. She'd shriveled Brian nicely. Oh, no, she was, uh, she's rocking the BL board. Yeah. Well, you have precious little BL chat anymore. Like, no. uh, precious little, no. That's because, yes, she was just doing, doing uh, getting interesting. And, and being a bit Alexis Carrington-Colby. And now all we do is spend the whole time sitting in front of the Argo at Brookfield. We never I go reckon, anywhere else. I reckon. Because mm. your reference there is somewhat kind of like 30 years out of date. Yes. Carly Fiorino. That's oh, what Annabelle Shriffin yes. is like. You yes. know, hard-bitten, smart businesswoman. But not standing for vice president, though. Oh, um, well, she's standing for president. Uh, we did have a email this week. No, we didn't. We had a Twitter exchange from somebody this week uh, who runs a brewery near here. Do you know what? I've completely forgotten who it was. Do you know who it was? The lady I was talking to about going to see her brewery in Tottenham Hale. Oh, uh, she I've was on the com- Twitters. Yeah, I've gone completely blank and I can't remember her name. I, don't, I can't remember, but she's lovely. Yeah. But she'd rather hang out with you than me. But she said... Mm. And I've got to find her name because this is embarrassing otherwise. Um, she said, could we all stop moaning about... Oh, yes. We we mm. are all... We're doing that thing, aren't we? Like clubbers do. Like, oh, it wasn't as good as when I used to go. You know, I know you like it now, but you should have been there five years ago when it first started. Da, 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 da. And we're kind of doing a bit of that. And she said, I really enjoy... I've only just started listening and I'm really enjoying it. And all you lot do is moan about you know how what? it is now and how it used to be. Well, all we need to do before. is just like, remember this moment and ask her in five years what she reckons to the archers. <laughs> You're right, actually. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's what we all indulge in, isn't it? Everybody, you know, everybody has a touch of the old nostalgia. It's, about, it's not just the archers, absolutely everything. It's been scientifically proven that if you're into football, right, and you're a man in your 30s or whatever, the, your golden age is when you're about 8, 9, 10. That's when you, all your thoughts and feelings kind of inform. So whoever were the great teams then, you still think are good now, the players that were good then, etc. But it, it, it's for everything. You said it's with clubbers, it's with soap operas, it's with movies, it's with media, mm. it's, it's just with life. You always look back at a halcyon period. And generally, it's um, either when you first got into something or it's round about your formative years. Right. Is that why people say when when I was a child, the summers were better? Exactly. We had better weather. Because, you, you know, ah. you're, what, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, I remember the summer of 1976. Ah, Claire Doherty, dot stereo. That's who it was. Yes. Yes. Uh, the summer of 1976, mm-hmm. and I was, what, seven. Now, it was a blazingly hot summer, but I just remember it was sunny for the whole year. Like, it didn't <laughs> rain November, at all. November, it was brilliantly sunny, and it I was, was out in my pants. 24 hours a day sun. That's how I remember Nobody it. Went to it wasn't school. quite the truth. Yeah, but, you I know, scream it's... all the time. Yeah, you know, so. But anyway, I, I take a point to a degree. But I don't think that you and I personally personally go in for 
oh, the Archers is really good in, I don't know, 1984, 1995, Well, when you, listen, when you listen to the clips of, um, of the Grace Archer scene when she died, mm. I don't mean the... Uh, Dead girls tell no lies. I mean, uh-huh. the, yeah. the 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 actual bit. The acting was shocking, wasn't it? They were all like, frightfully awful. Yes, they were all home service newsreaders pretending to be on a farm. It was the most. Well, they all had heard. like full ball gowns on when they're recording that, and dinner jackets, <laughs> didn't they? I'm going to go in after her. No, Phil, you damn fool! <laughs> Midnight. Oh, I wish I'd never bought that. Yes, I know it's hilarious. <laughs> no, it was a uh, yes, definitely a period piece. Then it's uh. But anyway, so are we talking about Sean or Dusty or where are we? Uh, that was uh, Sean talking about Dusty and Annabelle Shrivener. And now we have Lady Garf Garf. Oh, right. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Lady Garf Garf here. I've just listened to Tuesday's episode and I am so angry. I cannot believe that Rob was in the dairy with Helen sneakily learning how to make cheese. It's not on. He's controlling every aspect of Helen's life, getting involved where he shouldn't, and I don't like it. I completely agree. Helen did not seem at all sure about teaching Rob how to make Borsitch and Blue. She can. She's now. Oh, Helen! I say this everywhere. Oh, Helen! Um, she can now see the inroads that he's making into her life, and is kind of uh, you know trying to. He's trying to sort of just wheedle his way into everything he wants to know the what my dad would say the ins and outs of a what did he say the, oh the ins and outs of a duck's ass he sort of wants to know you know mm-hmm. every single thing that um that she's doing and you know when is henry being picked up and da, 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 and who are his friends you know and and now the flipping cheese uh and she's actually trying to guard herself a little bit which is, uh, is. making me slightly hopeful which goddess diva mentions later on as well um that she may not agree to the adoption she may say no you know he's mine henry's mine but he's gonna he'll, he'll break her down but at least she might have a stab at it i <sighs> can't see how um helen Titchener circa September, late September 2015 would say no to him uh, adopting Henry but she's absolutely definitely now realising that this man is in every aspect of, of her life and yeah. he's trying to absolutely micromanage every mm. aspect of her life and um, it's good to hear It's that... weird actually because Rob's kind of gone I think Rob's gone from threatening to slightly pathetic he's classic sort of bully in that it, you you there's there's a sin, there's a slightly sinister element, but for me now the sinister element is being outweighed by his utter uh, path, pathetic need to not have her compete with him in anything, and not have anything that doesn't involve him. He is the child, and you know it's just it's cringy and it it makes him sound you know just really. Yes, just pathetic. That is the absolute word. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my house, life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. At long last, 
A Thousand and One Conversations is available to download from iTunes and all good podcatchers. This was a place where women worked to help other women. Next call. Um, with a spoon. Oh, okay. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. So this week, we need to talk about Henry. That thud you heard was the other shoe dropping as Rob asked Helen about adopting him. Rob was at his manipulative worst as he was playing with Helen like a cat plays with a captured mouse. One night he wouldn't let Henry go with her to her parents, and the next night when he got her to come home from the WI meeting, I guess because he didn't want her associating with those suffragettes, I was shouting at my iPhone, No, Helen, don't leave! He knows that Henry is always the card he can play because she's such an anxious and helicopter-like mother. When she tentatively began to confront Rob because she's beginning to become suspicious of his games and saw that Henry wasn't hurt in any way, Rob pulled out the Ace of Hearts and asked about adopting Henry. By the way, Lucy, since you mentioned how Rob does all these vocal intonations and changes his phrasing when he's being particularly underhanded, I've been quite sensitive to these changes of inflections. Rob is brilliantly dastardly. Just a few words about Henry's bedwetting, or as we say in the profession, nocturnal enuresis. You know, Henry isn't even five years old yet, and in America he wouldn't be starting full-day kindergarten until after he's passed that milestone. So episodes of bedwetting isn't unusual at that age. We look at ages six or seven as the cutoff for consideration of a diagnosis, with boys being slower to gain bladder control than girls. Once past the age of seven, a child who has two bedwetting episodes per week can be diagnosed with nocturnal enuresis. The most common reason for bedwetting in older children is usually a benign developmental delay, sometimes associated with ADHD. Although Freud and other early psychoanalysts posed emotional or traumatic reasons for this symptom, this is almost always not the case, especially at Henry's young age. Stress certainly can be a cause when bedwetting returns at an older age in a child who has been dry for some time. The way a parent handles the bedwetting problem, if the child is made to feel ashamed and is unduly punished, can also lead to symptoms of anxiety or worse. So that's today's short lesson. I'll close with a shout out to Peggy Archer, the doctor, as in Doctor Who, would be proud. Right, Millie Bell? Witherspoon and Angus Haggis will speak to you next week from P-Town, no pun intended. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Hello, Dumpty Dumpty Bear here calling from the West Country powerhouse that is Swindon. Didn't call in last week simply because I found the archers the week before just a little bit dull. You know, you get weeks like that, don't you, I suppose? When you're in it for the long haul, you have good weeks, you have bad weeks. And and I think the good weeks outweigh the bad weeks. But this week's been a little bit better, mainly because I've been quite annoyed with Jill Archer. God, it's all 
kind of passive aggressive and martyr syndrome, isn't it? I mean, you can tell that Ruth's been taking lessons off a of Jill. Um, I don't know. This is terrible. Look at me. I'm slagging off a pensioner. I'm going to hell. And talking to Titchy Knob, I am really uncomfortable with this whole thing he's doing, which is finding time to be alone with Henry. Not sure where that's going, not sure what he's up to, but it was just a bit creepy. Nocturnal aneurysis. Uh, Yeah, he's right. I mean, um, uh, Henry has gone through a lot in terms of um, uh, starting school and all that stuff. And my friend is going through her child starting school and we're having daily, daily chats at the moment about how it went this morning as the child had to be peeled off her shoulder, um, sobbing. Um, But what I'm finding creepy is the amount of occasions in which uh, Rob is trying to get Henry on his own. And I think Mm -hmm. a few people raised that and said, oh, are we going down some grooming sexual abuse route? Grooming doesn't have to necessarily be have the have its result as sexual abuse grooming can be forming an inappropriately strong bond with a child that isn't yours uh that you use for manipulative purposes to you know grooming can be can you a child can be inveigled into being groomed so that the the part one partner can abuse another it doesn't have to be just sexual abuse does it no, no, absolutely not. And it's something which um, Goddess Diva has made a point of saying on, on, the, on the Twitters. But um, I repeat myself frequently. And um, so I, I don't really want to now. But I don't think that per se the amount of contact that uh, Rob has with Henry is actually inappropriate. And I think it was um, very telling last week to the length of his levels of control Mm. that he deliberately, you know, that um, he let Henry run around in his school uniform, fall over, Mm. uh, and then, you know, to call Helen up to say, stop enjoying yourself. You know, your son's leg is hanging off, you know, (laughs) at some ridiculous angle. Get back here now. Because obviously this is the central storyline of uh, of the whole show and has been probably 18 months now. I forget exactly how long. We have many more instances of Rob and Henry actually just together. And as mm. I said last week or the week before, that obviously there's other fathers and sons actually in, in Ambridge, but we don't hear their interaction. No. So I, I don't think that there is necessarily inappropriate amount of contact. It's just that... It's just inappropriate know, because we know what... We know where it's, we, you yeah. know, we know where it's going. But yeah. I think you nailed it last week or the week before, where you said that Henry's again. Uh, you know, if there's a grooming process, it's for Henry to become um, a misogynist. You know, to become yeah. somebody who um, has little regard. Uh, well, for he's women. already started. You know, um, I don't want to ruin it for everyone who hasn't heard it this week, but because we're recording late at the moment, because we had Skype problems with Skype yesterday, and also problems this morning with me being unable to speak. Um, uh, there was an episode, I mean, a, a, a scene this week so far in which Rob has tried to tell Helen that something happened that did not happen. He, This is absolute gaslighting. He's saying to her, yes, of course, don't you remember? And mm. she doesn't, 
she doesn't remember because it doesn't it didn't, it didn't happen, happen. Yeah. so he's then saying to her i see you're not quite with it are you you're not quite with it and that's the thing he's going to start saying to henry leave mummy alone mummy needs a rest don't hassle mummy Mummy's not coping very well at the moment, Henry. So if you want anything, you come to me. Do you mm. feel worried when you're left with mummy, Henry? Blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing will be he gets Helen sectioned and takes Henry. That that would be a little, a little way down the line. And I just hope that this new sceptical Helen Titchener, mm. you know, rears her head yeah. and is able to act before it gets anywhere near that. Because we, gonna... are, we are definitely seeing the signs of the fact that she's definitely yeah. questioning yeah, uh, Rob, and it's definitely from the night where he was rough with her. Yeah, uh, while whilst they were doing the do on yeah. the settee, doing the don't. I must say, I've never been so insulted since the last time I was never so insulted by Lucy's mathematical error in last week's podcast. I know I'm having severe trouble with speak piper innering at the moment, as when I play it back, my voice seems to be on half speed and an octave lower, aging me about twenty years. I've tried two computers and two microphones, but it's no different, and I'm on to my third microphone now. This week, I'm going to talk twice as fast and see if that helps me sound more normal. It's a big ask. Anyway, Lucy said that Tom Forrest's monologues at the start of the Omnibus edition finished in 1972. Seeing as I was only three at the time, this being my favourite part of the programme would either make me a precocious baby listener or much older than I am. My earliest Archer's memories are of Polly Perks's sad demise in a car crash and Nigel in the gorilla outfit, making me a 1982 starter or so. And old Tom had his monologues after this for many a year that I can recall. Another omnibus memory, apart from Tom Forrest's pre-programmed country burr, was that the omnibus was an hour long, so a scene from each episode in the week was cut out to trim it to size. So listening to the omnibus was a risk, hoping that some fluff had been removed and I hadn't missed out on a vital scene from the weekday episodes. The strange thing I find about The Archers is that I can listen to it out of order with a snippet caught here in the car or there on the radio and then on the podcast and then listen to some episodes multiple times, and it all makes perfect sense, and it doesn't spoil listening to it randomly like this. There are not many telly programmes I can watch more than once without getting bored. Talking of which, Royfield, I managed to stagger through the second season of True Detective, but it was a true miserable fest, with the actors mumbling the lines with deep, meaningful stares the whole way through. I can't really recommend it, unless you like this sort of thing, and it gets more turgid as the series goes on. Nothing like the archers then. Paul Room. Now, Mr Room, we did not say... I, I don't know what you're doing. I think he says he sounds lower. He sounds slower on our podcast than he is in real life. I think he's probably recording on some sort of speak and spell machine. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, well... Maybe you, I don't know why you're sounding slower on our show than normal, Paul. Um, and I've written down that he's cross with me, but now I can't remember why he's cross with me. Oh, that's right, because I didn't, I, I'm sure I looked it up on the Archer's website and it said that Tom Forrest's um, little chatty chats stopped in 1970 something. So I apologise mm. if I've made you sound octogenarian, Paul. Um, <laughs> but maybe it was 1980 something, I don't know. 
Anyway, is this very, an very opportune sorry. time for me to bask in my uh, media interviews? Which oh, I've yes, been yes, this yes, week. yes. Oh, yes. Right. I, I'm just basking. There you go. You don't <laughs> basky, want me to actually basky, comment basky. on my basking, do you? Well, you did a very good job. I was very annoyed with that man who kept calling you Roy, though. Oh, well. Me and half the listeners were shouting, Roy Fale, what's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, occupational hazard having a made-up West Indian name, as I'm sure I've said before. So but he must have I, it I take down. absolutely no offence if anybody calls me Roy. Um, but I haven't heard the other one yet. Uh, so what, you've done the WM one, but yes, not the... not the Coventry one. He wasn't on his game, the Coventry geezer. Really? No. That's quite good, no. though, because it normally gives you an opportunity to muscle in and take over the interview. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he kind of did the he sung the Archers theme and just was somewhat away with the fairies. But anyway, we're going to oh. shove all that. It's if you want to hear me um, on, uh, I'll tell you what, my mum wasn't half happy because my mum oh. loves Adrian Goldberg. She listens ah. to it every morning in Birmingham. Yep, yep, yep. So um, if you want to hear me on the radio, talking about uh, the 60th anniversary of the fire and Grace's death and the love of the archers. It's all at the end of the show. I'm going to do one of these, Royf. What's that? Oh, because you did a very good job. Do you hear when he says little podcast? I know. And then you went little. Very good. Yeah. And me and Terry Malloy both went little at the same time on Twitter as well. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Terry Malloy have started podcast. Uh, just started tweeting simultaneously. It's quite peculiar. Can I just say how much I like that man? I know he's lovely. He's a very good friend of the podcast. Yes, he is. Thank you, so, Terry. Very big thumbs up uh, to Terry. Thank if you, you happen to have big thumbs. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, where do you stand on Bert? Because Goddess Diva's not keen. Bert Fry. Hmm. Why would anybody be, have a beef with Bert? <laughs> that sounds like a local radio station uh, show in itself, doesn't it? And now, beef with Bert. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Goddess Diva here, and this is the third attempt at calling you. The first time, my dad tried to Skype me. The second time, my dad tried to Skype me. Now I've said I'm going to Skype him. So, Royfield, I know your pain with, with parents interrupting your thing. So this week on The Archers... Um, Nice to to hear Lillian back <laughs> and to make hear her cackling and making references to gin during the WI thing. It was joyous. Every Sunday where I get to hear Lillian is a good Sunday. Team Lillian. What else um, made me laugh this week? Bert. He's, I don't know what it is about him. I, I know I was I was quite mean to him when Frida died, wasn't I? And I was doing the whole, oh, get over it. You're going on about it too much now. I think it's not that he was going on about it too much. I think it's just him. I think I think I just don't like Bert. He's very, like, tug of the forelock with Mrs Tregoran. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he irritates me, because he knows his place socially, which goes back to what Lucy was talking to last weekend. I went to school in Robertsbridge, which is a little vis- village in Sussex. Totally get what you're saying, Lucy. You are totally right on that. Yes, you rotter goddess diva. But she, she is questioning why she doesn't like him. The woman has darkness in her soul. <laughs> it's all well, one he's... minute is pictures of kittens. The next minute is Titchy Knob must die. We can't keep up. Uh, I suppose if you just landed on this show, uh, there are two characters that have little kind of dramatic direction in terms of you just question why they're on there. Auntie Cardboard, mm. you know, 
I do not understand the reason why she's there. She's been such a peripheral character for so I know. long. How can we get rid of Jazza and keep her? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, as I think somebody said somewhere, it's not by accident that when you listen to the uh, the the um, God, the dead girls don't yeah. whatever show at the weekend, and then you listen to the names and the characters that are mentioned, they're in it now. Yeah. So Christine has been brought back to connect the show, as we yeah. said last week, to its past. You know, she's she was literally written out for God knows how long. She was hardly ever did anything, and then she's come back. But she has, she has no kind of around her. There isn't a, a kind of a little kind of coterie of kind of stories which we can actually remember to refer back to. Um, but I mean, she did have some quite dramatic things. She had oh, George is, Barford. She had the. But this is a year. This yeah. is like eighty. I thought stuff. that maybe the her and the Jimus thing was going somewhere. Well, you it, know that was all quite sweet, and then that just vanished. That that would have been that would have made some form of sense. Yeah. You know, two people in you know the the sunset years kind of just getting together and doing the crossword together. But even that, it needed a little bit more than that. But her and Bert fundamentally kind of have no point other than nostalgia. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And but because but Bert has one thing to hang his kind of character hook on, which is his well two things actually. It was always the fact that he was always talking about Frieda and Frieda never said a bloody word. And then it was then it's his uh dread dreadful poems. So yeah. so you 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 know you begrudgingly say okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, that's the reason for Bert. But I, I do kind of understand if you just switch in the show on, you know, in the last couple of years, just go, but why? But, you know, if you, he's been in it forever. So you just do you, go. Do you listen to Down the Line? No. OK, never mind. Forget it. One thing that popped into my head. What was that, Lucy? What? Well, well, I'm asking you. You don't know what popped into my mind. Um, I'm about to find out, though, aren't I? <laughs> If I can get my words together, yeah, but at the moment my head's Well, I've been struggling with mine big time today, so you're in good company. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, 
Do you remember that when the village hall fell down? We had that peculiar bit with Joe saying, <laughs> oh, it was, oh, what's his name? Uh, Pullen, Mr. Pullen. I suddenly saw him looming up in front of me. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. Never, that was one episode. Whoosh, gone. Never talked about again. I thought, is this going to be a series of hauntings by Mr. Pullen? Is this what we have to look forward to? Are we going to discover that Mr. Pullen was accidentally buried under the village hall? What? The when whole did thing... that episode go out? Was it God, September, October? No idea. Well, because I said, I said to somebody, I think on the Twitters. How could it be October? We're not in October. Well, I'm coming on to the reasons why. Oh, sorry. I said to somebody, bloody hell, it's, you know, it's cow toboggan poisoner. Yeah. And somebody on Twitter said, Royford, do you not realise we are coming up to Halloween so that's the reason why there's been hints of this storyline coming up again. So what's going to fall down this time? Mr. Pullen's going to go around pushing <laughs> over the Dower House or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. You know, on the one hand, you know, I actually kind of quite applaud the script writers for throwing in these kind of seeming kind of red herrings. You know these kind of storylines that cut little, little lines that yeah, kind of go non-sequiturs, nowhere. Yeah, just non sequiturs. Yeah, and you're trying to you're trying to work yeah. out which it's like an Agatha Christie. Which one of these is actually going to link back to something, and which mm. one is just an absolute Archer scriptwriter cul-de-sac that I'm going to disappear up and never return. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that funny estate on Loxley Barrett, isn't it? Yeah. Oh hi, it's Kerno Beeching, first time caller in error, and I've been nagged by Royfield to do it, so I'm doing it. Um, just to say that please can we drop the flower and produce show? Flowers? I've got a couple of bitty hydrangeas left. How come they've got roses and everything? Don't get that at all. Oh, I've got a plot prediction about Rob. I think Henry's going to kill him accidentally, but he's going to be doing it protecting Helen. Anyway, that's it. I'm too scared to say any more. Cheers now. Bye. Candida Beeching wants to know why the uh, residents of Ambridge are able to have a flower and produce show when pretty much every garden in England is a battered brown wreck at the moment. My garden, personally, is a sea of khaki. That is the only way to describe it. <laughs> if I was asked to enter a flower and produce show, I would have to steal flowers from the local cemetery and pass them off as my wildflower bouquet. Um and yet they've got Albertine buy roses. The flowers from the flower cellar outside the cemetery, Lucy. I don't know. Um, flower cellar outside the cemetery. Listen to you, Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> what are you talking about? What sort of what sort of London do you live in? Oh, the old London? flower cellar outside the cemetery. What Pad. <laughs> Get your roses here, my darling. You've got hey, a lucky wait face. A minute. Have you never been to Kensal Rye Cemetery? Certainly not. It's beautiful. I've never been to Kensal Rise. It's absolutely massive. And there's a flower cellar out there. Ah. And uh, the cemetery where, where my grand and my granddad are buried in Birmingham, in Northfield. Ah. Well, I'm, I'm clearly hanging around the wrong cemeteries. <laughs> I need to up my game cemetery-wise, don't I? <laughs> absolutely. Um, yes, I, I agree. Absolute r bloody rubbish. Uh, they'll all have to enter rice, as I said the other week, because the only thing that they can apparently grow in, they would be able to grow in all this boggy post-floodness is rice and things that like swamps. Mm. Um, and she thinks that Henry is going to kill Rob. 
Good. Oh, please. That's anyway. Um, and also, she's a first time caller in her. Oh, no. And I, I twisted her arm big time to call in. Thank you, Candida, for, for calling in. That was uh, lovely to hear your voice. Bonjour, you two. This is Jacqueline Berto from Sanguen in lovely, sunny Brittany, France. I feel slightly more inspired to make a comment on the last week in Ambridge after listening to the omnibus. After several weeks, it's been very bland and blur. There's a lovely scene in the pub when Ed said something about posterior presentation and everyone went, ooh, oh, that was just classic. I was very glad to have Neil back and was delighted that he was expressing compassion for the refugees. At least current affairs is creeping back in too. Well, that's it for now and I hope to see you all in Air France very soon. By the way, the photo that you used to illustrate episode 75 on the website is actually a photo of my Aga. Funny that. Bye. Jacqueline Berto, fed up with Pip and had a good snigger at the posterior presentation. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when the farming bits, i.e. the really the point of the programme, elicits more laughs than the actual character bits. It's like, oh, look, how funny they're doing farming. <laughs> uh, yes. Bum first. Poor old cow, though. I felt very sorry for her. Having everybody heaving bits out of her and all that and hooves sticking out must be bloody awful being a cow. Anyway. Hey, Dumpty Dum. Jennifer Exile here calling from the south of France about votes for women and Helen and Rob. I really enjoyed getting a bit of light relief into the Helen and Rob story last week. Rob had obviously thought nothing about letting Helen out to a harmless WI event until the moment when he heard she was going to wear a suffragette sash. Brilliant. Oh my God. She might get ideas from those subversive old women like Jill and Carol. Heaven knows where that could lead. She might even start to want to vote with her own opinion in her own shop next. Quick, Henry's upset. You must come home, for God's sake. And Jennifer Turner said that the irony of Rob demanding that Helen came back from a suffragette's evening... Whoa, 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 whoa. Can I just say one thing about old Pip? Yes. Right? Who's been written up to be this incredibly capable... Mm. farmer just happens to be female mm. she didn't have to take a battering mm. you know so she's done this posterior presentation she she saved uh brookers from getting flooded uh her and tom uh she did she, something she, else tarmac to road all by herself exactly you know you know and it's like the poor woman just gets mullered by everyone. <laughs> just saying, you know, just saying, it, it, okay, she's a little bit crap when it comes to uh, the Frere Brethren, but give her a little bit of a break. Not you personally. No. Just saying everybody else. It's weird, isn't it, how, how people dislike her, but in the same way that people dislike Ruth. Hmm. No. Exactly. Yeah. But we dislike everybody, though, pretty much, don't we? I don't. No, you I speak know. speak for yourself. You're very nice. I am. I'm a nice person. Talking about nice people. Yes. Um, guess what, Lucy? What? Because, uh, you know, this is just a thinly disguised uh, vehicle for me and my self-promotion. This yeah. old dum dum Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, great. So, a thousand and one conversations of actually finally put it up on itunes ah yeah i saw it i saw you tweeting about it very good uh where's my review oh i'll do that 
Candida, where's my review? Jacqueline Berto, where's my review? Goddess Diva, where's my review? Paul Room, where's my review on iTunes? No, please listen to it because the work of Action on Addiction is absolutely excellent. And um, I have some great testimonies on on there of women who have gone into that center and really got benefit and treatment from being part of their program. Um, Action on Addiction, great charity. Please listen to the show. It is on iTunes now, finally, finally. Um, give it a, a little bit of a, give it half an hour of your time and hopefully you will be informed and also entertained, uh, but they really do great work. We've had some emailer inners. Okay. Uh, Vicky said, I wanted to say, I think all this cattiness about Christine's ginger biscuits is a bit mean. Although mm-hmm. frankly, how hard can it be? But mm-hmm. I hope Hazel mm-hmm. broke her teeth on them. My main point is real unease about the adoption idea. Is Rob's long-term plan to drive Helen into such a state that she would be considered an unfit mother and take Henry away from her? Yes. Um, Another sinister thing was they were discussing the shop with Tom and he said, what was it I said about that last night, darling? And she was expected to parrot back what he'd said. What Mm. if she hadn't been able to? Another trigger for him to be nasty to her. It all seems to be part of her losing her own identity. Lots of love to you and dumpty dummers all. Thank you very much, Vicky. Uh, Charlotte said, I just want to say that I am so happy that it brought Lil- that the WI party brought Lillian back baying for gin. Mm-hmm. And um, we're supposed to believe that Hazel now has a heart regarding the shop and we're all supposed to be happy. But I think that it'll now mean that Hazel will be focusing her genuinely evil eye on booting the Grundies out of their flooded home and back to a caravan or the cider shed. Um... Uh, and she said, I can't write about Titchenob too much without getting the mega rage. And Cosmo said, at long last, the 10 year lease on the shop has been remembered. The court would support the lessee. So Slitheen was patently silly to spend any money until she had planning consent and formally found a way of terminating the lease. She is not a good business person. This story was as senseless as David leaving Brookfield. And then he said he doesn't think the Sterlings are coming back from Italy. But he said he's slightly biased because he's writing this in Sicily and can say no more except beware horses' heads. Yes. Do you think they're coming back? I hope so. I know. We haven't had any kind of Oliver, and I love me some Oliver idea. Yeah. And also, we only got Cathy mentioned. Oh, yeah, me and Cat Roy said me and Cathy will do the interviewing. Mm. And I thought, ooh, I'd forgotten Cathy was even there. Well, yeah, well, less said about Kathy Perks, the better. Right? <laughs> However, the Sterlings, I do like. Mm. They yeah. can come back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're doing what? Um... Because talking about kind of uh, character cul-de-sacs, mm. there's this whole thing where Caroline last year was working herself up into a frazzle. Remember, so they, and then they went off and they had that dreadful stand-in for them do you remember yes yeah who kind of mucked everything yeah. up yeah you know, that storyline just completely utterly went yes they may come back from this very relaxing uh grundy world of tuscany holiday and mm-hmm. actually realize actually that was so relaxing that we are going to quit the hotel and then they will pass it on to roy or whatever somebody will buy it possibly adam and ian uh how would they have that amount of cash i've no idea um but money seems to expand and contract in ambridge depending on how much it is necessary for storylines 
So Ed doesn't have money for a lot of things and all of a sudden does have money to buy a shed load of cows when he needs to, to mm. move the storyline on. All right. So it, that might be, that's the only thing I can think of, that they might come back. They either won't come back or they'll come back and, um, and, they'll, say, and, they'll, we, and they'll, we're, they'll sell it to again and they're going to retire, yeah. See, they could take over the bull. Mm. But Caroline oh, no, that wouldn't be used to have dibs on the bull before, yeah, didn't she? she did. And that is it. Anyway, that is the end Rums. of the calls. And the emailer in And the emailer in Okay. Well, uh, all right. Well, let's um, take a break. And then when we come back, we have a very special, different Millie bit. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth round something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on. Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. G'day everyone, it's Millie Bell here. So I haven't really got much of a roundup from the Facebook page because I've been travelling across to the US and I have with me today Stuart Arundel who is the very famous graphics guy from um, Upstairs at the Ball that I've spoken about before and I just thought it would be really fun to interview him because he's, a, he's been listening to The Archers even longer than I have and um, Stuart you were telling me that the reason you listen is you love the voices. Oh, the sexy voices. You do, you love the sexy voices. So tell me, why have you been listening for as long as you have? Why? I don't really know. It's it's tricky because it's just a great show that it's it captures you and keeps you going. I mean, I think I've been listening since late 70s, 1978. What's the first story that really you really remember? Um, I think Shuler just broken up with Mark Hebden and then there was Jackie Woodstock went round and was seeing Mark and she appeared naked in the window and I thought ooh that was racy <laughs> I thought ooh that's racy you know and, uh, I was quite captured for that and after that I moved abroad I moved to Singapore and then uh, formed an Archers appreci- uh, Archers Addicts we actually formed two of us because <laughs> we wanted to get uh, archers on uh, world service so that we could listen more easily than having tapes shipped over to us every week and it used to be an hour show which was good and then when they changed it to 75 minutes it just didn't fit on one side of a cassette anymore so that's right it was a real pain mm-hmm. um, so I think I was listening most weeks there but not Every single week, and I must have missed. A couple mm, episodes mm, yeah, of as as a, as a someone who moved away from the UK, I I, I agree with that. So, who's been your favourite character? If you had to pick one character, all the time you've been listening, who would you pick? Mm. I know you're a bit of a fan of Usha, and I am. I think I, I think she's great. I like. Um, I think you, you're going to go with Nelson or somebody, mm-hmm. or somebody for you know from 
from the stories and things that he got up to, mm-hmm. everything he was involved with from the from the mail robbery and yes, uh, the antiques business, and dilly dallies with Shula and things. I mean, I seem to remember Shula always going around to the to the bar he had and things. Mm. Shula. God, she's so quiet now, isn't she? And um, I think that's right. So, okay, so give me your best plot prediction for a current storyline. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed, pick anyone you like. Which one will you pick? Well, the ginger biscuits. <laughs> Not the ginger biscuits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one story. I don't think Christine will win the ginger biscuits. Right. She should go back to the sky. Okay. Okay, that's your best pick, is it? Uh, <laughs> I think you, uh, you, the the real main storyline of interest, obviously, Rob and Helen, mm-hmm. and and you you know that I'm really still rooting for Helen on this because I really don't want it to go bad. I don't want him. He's already hurt her more than I wanted him ever to. Which mm. is why we we had. Uh, so, do you think things are going to work out there or not? Because we're still not 100 percent re- sure, are we? No, I, I'm. I don't know. I really hope so. And, 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 and come on, scriptwriters, you can do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we might leave it there because we have to go and watch some whales and I have to catch some of these um, Californian rays. And um, I will speak to you next week. Have an awesome week on the Arches. Hooroo! That's Stuart Arundale. He is an absolute stalwart mm. of the old kind of Archers facebooked them he really yes. is yeah yeah it's rather clever too uh so uh it's nice hearing your voice there Stuart. and uh do you know millie bell who's just like sauntering up and down california right now you see yeah 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 there's lovely pictures of her um and her pals because i think the whole point was she was going over there uh to meet a couple of them because i've never actually met they've all been friends for years exchanging messages on um on facebook about the archers and uh then she's gone over there and stuart's flown in from wherever and wow uh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. that is a glamorous tweet up absolutely. isn't it absolutely puts all of ours to shame i was gonna say we just go to a cafe not in ill <laughs> <laughs> exactly they really don't do they yeah, don't muss about when they do things at all but anyway um there was lovely pictures of her in Monterey uh, at the State Reserve and there's whales and seals and all sorts and it just all looks very lovely. Anyway, Luce, mm-hmm. with bated breath, yes. I'm now going to listen to you talk about your hashtag The Archers tweets of the last seven days. Uh, Liz Anderson, Christmas mm. storyline wish list for The Archers. One, Rob to die. Two, Rob to die. Three, <laughs> Scruff sounds f- Scruff found safe and well in Tasmania like Harold Bishop in Neighbours. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Geraldine Rowe. This is, this I just really made me laugh. Hoped to finish making my quince jelly while listening to The Archers, but the Waitrose magazine Sudoku took too long. Hashtag middle class <laughs> nightmares. Um, Chirps Estonia said see helen if you were to be sectioned under the mental health act it'd be handy if rob knew how to make your cheese triangles uh special diet one said i predict jill will die on the anniversary of grace's death uniting the family in grief and freeing up a bedroom uh paul dart said i loved hearing the play about the death of grace today we could arrange something similar for the village hall ruth perhaps (laughs) and tweet of the week 
was a Mr. Royfield Brown. Get in! Who said, in summary tonight, the reason why they have not killed off Auntie Cardboard is so Peggy can take the piss out of her ginger snaps. Which was <laughs> For the first time ever, I completely agree with your decision of the week. <laughs> can I just say? <laughs> well done, Lucy. You've got such impeccable taste picking out great tweets. Well I know. done. It did make me laugh, that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. Oh, I think that this show has been uh, a real kind of... It's got a, got a pace. Mm. Mm. That's because um, the drugs are wearing off. <laughs> I'm trying to get through before I collapse and fall off my chair. Um, How long have you been drugged up now? Uh, since 11... Well, the latest lot was um, uh, 12 o'clock. Mm. So what is it, like a three-hour cycle, three, yeah. four-hour cycle? All right, so... So crack on. <laughs> All right, then. Will do. <laughs> uh, folks, you can go to our wonderful website, which is dumdydum.com, to join the debate on our forum, which is really starting to get a little bit of traction. You can also join this week a one Sean Geraghty and... Uh, Jean Rose, who discussed Dead Girls Don't Tell Tales, based on Grace Archer dying in the stable fire in 1955. Or you can read Omnibus Reflections, 20th September... 2015 by the excellent Chris Lois. If you needed another reason to log on to our site, you can go there to buy our stuff like mugs and t-shirts and the like. Uh, this week we'd like to thank David Morley for purchasing an organic men's t-shirt. Lucy? Yes? Remember I asked you all of those personal details some time ago? Like when you have your first nog and things like that. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I thought you were trying to access my bank accounts. Mm, no okay no, not me not me well it was for the dum dum quiz now there were 16 questions and the first person to get 16 right guess what they're gonna get lucy <laughs> i don't know and i'm dreading finding out a mug ah or they can have a night out with you they can take their <laughs> take pick. the mug take the mug <laughs> <laughs> so far guess how many entries we've had 84 it's because you're reading that. I am. Right, we've had 84 <laughs> entries uh, with the following listeners getting 80% or more of the questions right. Jennifer Reba got 81%. Hannah Clark also got 81 Sam, 81 Not Contrary also over there in Toronto got 81% right. John the First got 81 Goddess Diva got 80 whacking 7% no. of the questions right. Auntie Jean got 87. Catherine, we love you, Mrs. Bentos Bajon, got 81%, correct? Catherine Rowan Jones got 87%. Charlotte, guess how many she got? Don't know. 93. So <gasps> close. So close, Charlotte. And, and Paul got 87%. Oh, sorry, if you want to try your luck, head to dumptydum.com and click quiz. Because we do need to give away this night with Lucy. You know, she's she's going spare, folks. So uh, go over there. Literally, and, uh, you cannot give me away. Literally, you can't. <laughs> Don't forget, you can also go on to patreon.com forward slash dumpty dum and you can support the show for some $2 an episode. Uh, this week, we would like to welcome our new Patreon, David Martin. You, sir, are most awesome and cool and thank you. You can also donate to the show by just going onto our site and hitting that donate button. Uh, and this week, we'd like to... Oh, you just... Go on, you do that. Uh, where this sorry. week, 
Peter Sturk hit the button and for that sir we salute you I'm saluting I'm saluting order of John Archer news um, now if you just like come onto the show in the last few weeks probably wondering what the hell this order of John Archer thing is basically and you, and you won't got... be alone to be honest <laughs> stop it if you've got any tangential link to anybody called john in your life as long as you can kind of prove it you can have the order of john archer now we are trying to locate john the eighth um if you are he or she uh could you please email in because when i put the order live i've worked it out i've got everybody apart from john the eighth excellent we're going to do it like the book of kells with like an illuminated manuscript (laughs) absolutely this is exactly the way it has been done i've had a whole load of monks yeah I've, you know what i shipped them in from linda's farm right and they've been sat in like silence for the last how long Lucy? is this like that philosophical question of an infinite number of monks <laughs> absolutely that's exactly what it is uh-huh. but the, the quills have been a quivering parchment's been like uh written on and that's what they've been doing for weeks and um we just need john the eighth to show up Claim your, your eighthdom and uh, we can put the whole book to bed. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe. And that is the big ready tabby thing on our website. Every now and then people say that have some kind of problems with it on, on tablets, but it absolutely does kind of fundamentally work. Um, so <laughs> do that if you'd like to get in contact and if you'd like to leave a message and to get on the show. Or if you can't get speak pipe to work you can use your phone and call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message via that means if you must on the twitters we are at dum-de-dum you can also tweet me where i'm at royfield me at lucy v freeman or sarah smith at sarah underscore smith and there you go that has been dum dum this week have you got any closing thoughts or remarks lucy v freeman I have, but I'm going to tell you them after we've gone off air because I don't want it going out. <laughs> that doesn't help, does it? Not much, but I have one. I have an awesome one. What? We're not going to be alone next week on the show. Oh, yes, I forgot. How should the hell give, could you get Should this? we give people a clue about who it is? Can I, can I do the clue? Kirsty. No! That was more. <gasps> <laughs> Great Archer getting burnt in the barn. No, it was Nigel falling off Lower Loxley roof, which apparently transformed itself into the Eiffel Tower, bearing in mind the length of the scream. <laughs> He's coming on the show. Graham Yay! Seed is coming on the show next week. So we've deliberately left. Feeling a little all... flat. He is. Yes. Mm. Aha. Um, we've deliberately left this all the way to the end. So only people who have waded through all the <laughs> podcast nonsense get this little nugget. So if you've got a question you'd like to pose to Graham forward slash Nigel, please call it in on SpeakPipe. He will be answering your calls. He's going to snuggle up to Lucy on the old settee. It's going to be most awesome. And he will be in his gorilla suit with the ice cream van. Hmm. Why? Uh, please remind me of the background to that whole story. The gorilla suit. Mm. It was young farmers, and there was him and Tim. What was he called? Tim Hooray Henry, and Tim, uh, Beecham. Tim Beecham. That's right. Yes. And well done. That's and, going back years. I know. And he was trying to get it. He was going out. Uh, Nigel was going out with Shula, 
mm. at the time. And he was dressed as a young farmer and a bit dressed as a young farmer. He was a young farmer dressed as a gorilla. I can't remember why. <laughs> Fancy dress ball. And um, he tried to get into bed with Shula, but by accident got into bed with Phil. Dressed as a gorilla. Wowza. As far as I remember. Well, there's been a few questions already posed on various different bits of social media saying, do you still have the suit? Anyway, so please, folks. And also people going, are you coming back? Which seems unlikely. <laughs> Highly unlikely. <laughs> though it wouldn't be without precedent if he came back as another character, though, would it? That would be very confusing. Well, he could put on a little bit of an accent. Well, no one else bothers. I don't know why he would. <laughs> very true. But no, seriously, folks. Call in, speak pipe in, get your questions in to uh, Graham Seed forward slash Nigel. And uh, the next show is going to be about him. It's going to be most excellent. And Lucy is all beside herself with excitement. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. That's it. That's us out, yo. Bye. <laughs> Now, as we've been discussing uh, earlier on in the show, the rural soap opera The Archers is one of the great cultural products of the West Midlands, produced at BBC Birmingham, listened to all over the world. And this week marks the 60th anniversary of one of the show's most celebrated moments. We heard a little clip of it earlier. It's so good, we thought we'd hear it again. This is the moment when 20 million people tuned in as Grace Archer was killed off in a house fire. Now. Yes, take these two. Okay, I've got Judy. I've got the other. It's an inferno in there. This must be as dry as a tinder. Come on, get well away. Midnight! Midnight! Oh, my gosh, we're lucky to get him out. Yes, certainly were. What's up? Midnight couldn't have been tied and... Look, she's going back into the stable. What? No, Grace! No, don't do it! She's going in after midnight. Grace! Grace! Grace, come back! The room's collapsing! For God's sake, Grace, come back! Phil, uh, you fool! Let me go! Grace is in there! Let me go, blast it! Come back, blast it! Uh, let's get a word with Roy Field Brown. Roy, originally from Perry Bar, now lives in London. Uh, he runs uh, an Archers podcast. Morning to you, Roy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So, 60 years on since that uh, famous episode. Well, I think the anniversary is in a few days' time, but, you know, this this month anyway. Uh, the Archers is 65 for anything to last 65 years. It's phenomenal. How could a radio soap opera do it, Roy? I think because The Archers has actually moved with the times. The first uh, 20-odd years, it was still was uh, a government message to help farmers, um, you know, get information about farming disguised as a soap opera. Is that how it started? It was kind of like a public information absolutely, film? Absolutely, absolutely. Just after the Second World War... Mm. The government said this would be a great way to get information to to the rural economy, to drive to the rural economy, the, the farmers. And they disguised this as, as a soap opera. And up until the 1970s, you still had these kind of uh, these uh, homespun messages about, um, about what to do at the start of even the, the omnibus editions of, of The Archers before the actual drama started. And even now, when you listen at the end, I know the government doesn't tell people what to say now on The Archers, but you do have uh, the agricultural 
affairs editor or advisor, uh, don't you? They do have someone with real agricultural knowledge who inputs into the yeah. programme. And, and, and it absolutely does, in lots of ways, represent um, this very traditional kind of beating heart of of England because, you know, there's always the uh, the village fete in the middle of the summer, there's always the village panto, etc, etc but around that you have these absolutely compelling uh, characters and you have these very believable families and I think that's the reason why this thing has endured for so long because um, you, can, you can somewhat dip in and dip out uh, but these families are still there, the characters the enduring characters Still, still last. And I was listening to that clip, and you had Norman painting on there. And mm. Norman only died somewhat four or five years ago. Yeah. And um, and um, when I listened to the show, and I listened to um, Tim Bentick, who plays his son David Archer, you know, I this I still get that sense of continuity. Yeah, and uh, yeah, people have pointed out, oh, you know, isn't it a bit odd that it, you know, the, the the country's only rural soap opera is made in the heart of industrial Birmingham? Uh, it, it is a bit odd, I suppose, but it, it's been a great base uh, for the Archers throughout its career. I, I think that um, Birmingham hasn't quite made enough of the fact that it produces the Archers. When I think of uh, Birmingham soaps in the media... I'll, and instinctively, I actually think of Crossroads. Of course you do. <laughs> you know, and, and that gets lambasted. Yeah. But I think, it, typical of us as Brummies, that one thing that we really do well, yeah. and we don't really celebrate it, it's a little bit of a secret. And you run this little podcast called Dumpty Dum. Hey. What do you mean little? Oh, sorry. This, this, let, let's, let me rephrase that question. Can we scrub that out and start again? Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, you run this enormous, massive, Thank giant Thank podcast Thank called Dumpty Tum, which is, of course, a play on the Archers theme. Uh, over and above the, the Archers itself, then, what do you have to say in the podcast? What, what, what do we do in the podcast? Yeah. Um, well, over and above the Archers, we it basically it's myself and my co-host Lucy Freeman and a cast of some eighteen thousand um, other listeners who we just shoot the breeze about our favourite docu soap, and uh, we have callers that call in. You call um, it a docu soap? Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have um, my, my co-host Lucy is a bit of a, a, a comic genius, and she writes a monologue each week which sums up the last week in Amber. And then I just kind of try and somewhat uh, marshal the whole uh, bit of chaos along. We've been doing it for a year and a half. We do it every week. Um, we've uh, we've got into the top 100 of, of iTunes because the show is incredibly popular. We've had Tim Benting, who plays David Archer, on the show. We've had uh, the lovely Joanna Van Campen, who plays Fallon, on the show. We've had script rights from the Archer on the show. It's just um, a very fun way for Archers fans to discuss um, our passion and it's very much comedic and one of the things which we actually love is that because we are trying to convert the world into the the world to convert the world into the church of Archerdom and and we do it through uh, taking a little bit of a, a slide swipe at, at our favorite show and and you know having a little bit of fun so lots of people we know actually listen to our podcast and actually don't even listen to the Archers because they just find it quite funny nice to speak to you Roy Field Brown originally from Perry Bar runs the Archers Archer's podcast, Dumpty Tum, uh, which has, uh, I think, 18,000 listeners. Hi, um, 
Royfield um, and Lucy. This is Delirious Mary from Dublin. I just want to let you know that I was able to catch Royfield on the radio this morning, uh, representing his thousands of followers on Dumpty Dum. Just to say that he did a great job to congratulate him uh, on telling the history and explaining the intricacies of day-to-day Dumpty Dum land. So well done, Royfield, and just to let you know that you and Lucy are still as popular in Dublin, with me anyway, as ever. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.